Welcome to Story Life. This is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. One of them is me. My name is Clinton Cornwell. I am a director, writer, filmmaker, oh. not auteur. I don't like that term. Please don't call me an auteur or a visionary. We're not about that here. We're about collaboration wow. and leadership. That's me. That's Clinton Cornwell. And I'm here with my co-host. Alan C. Gardner. Wow. Sorry. I'm just blown away by that. Not just, not only did I get a 16th resume just then, but also like a, a dose of humility from good old Clinton Cornwell. I'm Alan C. Gardner, as I already mentioned, and uh, I do stuff as well. This, this is is episode 23, which was recorded in November of 2021, and in which we talk about the joy of, you know, sharing what you've learned along the way as a filmmaker. And we also get to geek out over horror films, which I really, I you know, I've enjoyed my whole life, but I've really started getting a lot more into over the last couple of years. So that's been a real, a real journey, a real journey. Yeah. And we also throw down the blood feud gauntlet we have with our rival podcast, Making Movies is Hard. We throw what? it down. We take them down a notch. No, I'm, I'm kidding about all, all that stuff. That's not true at all. <laughs> We, no, we sing praises right, no, of, we sing praises of 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 uh Alan's time on making movies is hard. We love that podcast. They're a big inspiration to us. Oh yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, yeah. And before we get to the episode, I just wanted to let you all know, me and Alan, we are coaches and consultants. We have a business trying to spread our knowledge and, and help out other artists and filmmakers. We do script notes, we do coaching, we do coaching of acting, we do if you need help with preparing for a film, uh, notes on an edit all of these are services we have available we're flexible with our rates you know because because we just we just love working with other artists so please hit us up for totally free no no like requirements or obligations <laughs> 30 minute consultation just come have a chat with us about filmmaking and stuff and see if it's the right that, fit that, see if we can help you out i love that god another like you're just really catching me off guard right now in the most delightful ways <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't quite on your knees like begging like kind of plate but it was <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, I agree with everything Clinton said. We really love doing this work with people. On that note, let's let's get into the episode. How was the big show? I was very excited. I was very nervous. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, like, I'm pretty much I get nervous before you know anything, really. I mean, anytime I have to like put myself out there to any extent. Now, I do it a, a, a pretty fair amount, and I love doing it, but, you know, there's always a little bit of nerves whenever you're speaking in front of uh, people. So on Monday, I spoke uh, via Zoom to... Uh, so one of my fans, who's now a friend, uh, is a professor in uh, in Florida, University of South Florida, and he had me as a guest speaker for his business class on Monday. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so that was really cool too. Like I did a whole, you know, I'd worked up a presentation for it, and I just kind of thought about, okay, like what do I what do I want to say to these kids? So, did you get paid for it? I did not. No, uh, okay. um, I, I mean, I would, I, I would do those types of things for free too. But but you know, it's nice when you get a little payment for it. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, it's one of those things where I just feel like um, he asked me if I wanted to do it. He's a really good guy. He's very supportive of the movies. Like you know, he's someone who. Yeah. yeah, it's he reached like after he saw being awesome, we got lucky. He reached out a couple of years ago, and um, you know, yeah, any chance you can get to build an audience? Yeah, and he's a good guy. He's become a friend, and like now he's watched you know all the last like he's watched yeah being awesome. We got lucky, bad but men, save yourself, cold feet. He watched Act One, super supportive. Posts about him, reviews him. Good guy. We message from time to time. So when he asked me to do it, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like anytime you can make some kind of money from doing something that you 
love to do. Like, that's great. But, like, um, of course. And, you know, mostly because, you know, uh, that's good for my kids, my family. But with something like this, you know, it's it's nothing but positive. Like, I love doing it. And when given, yeah, like, I look absolutely. at it, too, as, like, you know, I see it as a, I don't know. Anytime I feel like I have an opportunity to, to like, try to contribute what I can, um, I'll, I'll do it if I can. Like, you know, I, w- I want to make the time for it. I, I think that's important. Yeah, and, you know, selfishly, something I like doing those kinds of things is that I have trouble, like, pitching myself. I always feel a bit awkward and self-conscious about pitching myself. You know, when like, you're talking to, like, a new person or even somebody that you know a bit better and, and talking about what you're doing with your current projects, what your movies are doing, things like this, your filmmaking. Um, I've, I always find it, like, I don't want to be selling myself you know i don't want to be bragging or anything like that Mm -hmm. um and i don't want to be too like self-involved and so it's nice when you get little speaking things like like that or teaching things because it's like giving you permission to just talk about whatever you want and like that's the point and it feels it's it's kind of nice it like lets you run run free yeah and i see it too like i've done it a few times now and i always really enjoy it like i always like i like i mean that's kind of you know part of what i love a big part of what i love about storytelling and filmmaking i like i mean the whole thing it comes from like you know i want to connect with people i like connecting people i want to be of service like i like having a sense of like i'm contributing you know what i have to offer yeah. and so it's yeah. also like an opportunity for like um you know self-reflection is always good like when you are able to do it and kind of like taking stock of who you are and where you're at and like where you've been and where you're going and all these things and like so i kind of like worked up i'm like okay like i'll you know i'll give them like a little a little bio like a little history like leading up to now and then i went through like my process how i approach my work and i kind of like really went into uh being awesome as an example of like here's one way like that my process can take shape and how like a project can evolve over time and how you know the persistence and passion and patience that that are necessary and then i went into my advice (laughs) um which was like i I was i i um i enjoyed kind of like it was good to like i'm like okay like as a good exercise, like, what would I say to kids, like, teenagers, early 20s? Like, what kind of advice would I give them? What kind of advice do I feel would essentially apply to, like, anyone in any situation? So that was, I enjoyed coming up with that. And just felt like, I mean, like, you know, just being able to get all that across and then to have them respond to and, like, feel like, you know. Like you're interesting. Like, do you have something valuable to say? (laughs) Well, yeah, there's that too. But also just the sense of, like, sure, of course. But just the sense of like, oh, they they got something from that. Like I said, like anytime you feel like yeah. someone is like even like remotely inspired or encouraged by or feels like you know no, more no, understood yeah, by like Definitely. what you said, like it's I mean that's kind of like the whole point of all like you know ultimately my movies like yeah I'm I'm telling stories these narratives that but they're all con- conveying like themes and message and things that I'm trying to express that I'm trying to explore and then express and way things I'm trying to to communicate. So for me, when I get these speaking engagements, it's another way of of communicating like another way of connecting yeah so that was really, really cool so that was monday you were warmed up that <laughs> that was a great experience uh so that was a cool way to start the week and then so then i was like all right cool i did you know felt good about that and then like friday's coming up and yeah man dude i was i was intimidated but in a good way because i've heard a lot of that podcast so it was <laughs> i'm like this is gonna be kind of surreal like 
Because yeah. I know, I know I've been some, binging them a lot lately, so I, I definitely feel that it's so good. Like I genuinely love the podcast. Was and am incredibly grateful to you for facilitating that, and was just honored that they were interested, that they invited me on as a guest. And so, like, I knew some of the questions they were going to ask because again, like, you know, I've heard the podcast a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so like it was like it was a weird kind of thing. Like you know, not to state the obvious, but it's kind of like oh, like I'm now I'm in the show that I hear a lot like i'm like you're like i'm in the tv <laughs> like i'm in this now <laughs> it's like yeah, you step yeah. through like the fourth wall or whatnot and now i'm no longer like yeah. listening to these voices that i know so not just listening to these voices that i know so well but like i'm participating i'm having a conversation but yeah before like any so of course i was a little like nervous and timid getting it going into it and also like i really like their work as filmmakers too so it's like not only do i love the podcast like i really i respect them as, as filmmakers as well so but they were so cool. Like, you know, the whole experience was great. They said some incredibly kind things and they seemed to really like feel really great about how it went. I mean, there's always little things like, oh, maybe I could have tossed in this or kind of tossed in that. But like, you know, you're kind of like off and running. Yeah. I felt really good doing it. They were very receptive and seemed like they felt really good about it and were excited about the episode. So Perfect. it was a very, very positive experience. Can't wait to hear the episode. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm very excited for you. I mean, of course, like I'm very excited for you to hear it. You, you kinda I will made, listen. I will you kinda, listen. You kind of made episode. it. You kind of made it happen. And I told him too. I'm well, like, you know, I'm gonna th- listen to that. I'm gonna listen to that podcast episode and be like, oh, Alan's a terrible guest. We need oh. to stop this whole podcasting thing immediately. Wow. That took a turn. No, no. <laughs> of course not. I'm sure it's going to be great. I mean, honestly, wow. I thought, you know, like, just like you match perfectly the vibe of uh, vibe of that whole podcast, I feel like. so. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, that's, you know, something, that's one of the reasons I responded to it so much. I'm like, oh, these are definitely like-minded individuals. And I, I just, like, I respect their take on things. I'm like, oh, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, again, like, having heard so many episodes, like, going into it, like, I know things about these people. So I was joking with them about that. Like, I know that Ulrich had a daughter five months ago. <laughs> So I'm like, how old is your yeah, daughter? Like, yeah, right. Five months, and Liz was like, I didn't even know she was five months. I'm like, I know. I'm I'm total. <laughs> I'm a total creeper here because like I know a lot about you guys because I listen to no, your show. especially they're so personal with that that podcast. Yeah, yeah. Since Liz has joined the show, I think she's really injected more of that personal narrative of them into uh-huh. the show, and I, I, I feel like it's made, really made it level up. I love for it. me. Yeah, I, well, I never, I haven't heard it any episodes from before her from the pre-Liz era. So, but everything I've heard, like, I, I love it. I love how personal it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just funny. All these things that I knew about them, and again, oh yeah, I knew going into it too. I'm like, oh, he's more of like the optimist in ways. Like, she's more of the pessimist, and like that came into play for sure. And like they both like talked about that aspect of each other. And then when the episode was over, all Rick was like, because <laughs> it seemed like they were like genuinely like blown away like by my optimism and my outlook and all was like god i thought i was optimistic um so yeah uh, that's, I'm, that's awesome i'm that's, glad that really i was awesome. able to you know that feeling like you know when you put yourself across like oh, okay like because there are definitely times where i'm like ah you know maybe overall like i felt like i put myself across in this way or that but i kind of dropped the ball here or whatever like you know we all have those moments where you feel like, oh, maybe this, yeah. maybe, maybe this was a little misunderstood, or I went up, but it's like, no, it was. I feel like I was like, okay, I was able to, to put myself across and like communicate, connect. So it was cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for you to hear it. Air, I think they said it's going to air uh, December 13th, which is the day before Lyle's birthday. So, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, nice. Lyle. We'll just be listening to to Daddy's episode on <laughs> on repeat all day. Yeah. Uh, that's sweet. I, I feel, yeah, that's great. I feel like a stalker a little bit too. I wonder how much they noticed because I've emailed them a bunch 
recently for like different things i guess as, as i've been listening to the podcast a bunch uh-huh. lately, i've been getting different ideas and i e- emailed them about you and like i emailed them uh when i'm in my editing search like i i send it to them uh and then also i emailed liz i'm gonna be meeting with her about her um being sales rep for 12 months oh cool uh next this coming week or next week so i wonder if it's like i feel if i'm like a fan now which you never i don't know about you but like in terms of filmmaking people even though ostensibly i mean i listen to their podcasts all the time i am a fan but you never want to like come off as a fan to a fellow like filmmaker or somebody in the industry i feel like what why well, the, I mean, there's the good connotation of fan of like, I love your work. Yeah. But I feel like if you put yourself in like a fan dynamic, that's just like a lesser status to be. And you kind of want to arrive at, to, at least I try, I want to arrive to anybody that I meet in the industry uh-huh. as like an equal. Because then you're more likely to collaborate, respect, you know, view somebody's work if you view them as an equal as opposed to a fan. If that uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah, I... I hear you. And I get like everything is obviously our own perspectives and our own outlooks and our own opinions on these things. Like I, I get it. But for me, it's like I'm big. I guess like just a thing in general with me too, like the, especially the older I've gotten. I'm like, fuck like ego. Fuck like I want to be unabashed with my enthusiasm as much as possible. Like if I'm a fan of someone, like I, I just want to let them know. And I let them know. I told them some before. And then like afterwards, I'm like, look, guys, like, like this was like a really incredible honor. Like I'm not only a fan of your podcast, but I'm a fan of your films. Like, thank you so much for, you know, this was, uh, I was just very, very grateful. And let them know, like, I'm a fucking fan. I need to go watch their stuff, actually. I've been meaning, I need to go watch. Uh, it's watch it's really good. Films. Like, they've done some really good work. I've seen both of her features. I've seen a few of his shorts. It's, it's good. Yeah, you should check out their stuff. She's got yeah. uh, Bread and Butters on Tubi, Speed of yeah, Life. Yeah, I should watch Showtime. it before I meet with her, at least. At least watch Bread yeah. and Butter. Because I'm talking to the editor of Bread and Butter right now, too, actually. She recommended it. And, and Bread and Butter, um, especially, is, like, right in our wheelhouse. Like, in our as far, like you know, especially with 12 months for you. And then, like, you know, being awesome. And, and we got lucky and saved yourself for me. Like, that kind of, you know, that vibe. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you should, you should definitely check it out. And then he does more kind of, like, genre stuff. Uh, really good. Like, grounded in relatable emotions emotions and whatnot genre genre films yeah so. i finally i finally completed I, I like to do 31 horror movies every year for the halloween season and i finally finished my 31 it's a bit late this year yeah. but uh, now i can watch other films so i should watch i should watch bread and butter now that i have that albatross off, off my neck what was your 31 just out of care or what was or what was one of them that stood out or a few of them that stood out from this horror thon because i watched quite a few also I really liked the new Candyman a lot. The remake. Okay, that I haven't out. seen I saw that, that in theaters. Okay, cool. I enjoyed that. Werewolves Within, I think, might have been my favorite. Okay, uh, of I've the new of that stuff one. that I saw. It's uh, it's what's well, great. It's an indie film. Came out this year. It's kind of like a, a whodunit a bit, but with the horror aspect to it. Also, um, The Guest, which is an older film from like, uh, oh yeah, 2014, I think. Yeah, The Guest. Adam Wingard directed. Uh huh. The Guest and, is great. Yeah, that was Dan amazing. Stevens. Oof, there was some unsettling unsettling moments in the guest, that's for sure. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but I remember some some of the kills were uh disturbing. Oh, in the new Halloween movie. I I, I watched that Halloween Kills. I really yeah, love that. I watched it too. What'd you think? People have been divided on it. So. I was divided on it. I I, I, <laughs> I was internally divided on it. No, I mean I really enjoyed watching it. I, I really liked uh their first one. The David Gordon Green and Yo, um, yeah, yeah. Dave McBride, no, no. their first one was great. I was a big fan of that. So this one was more of a mixed bag for me. I mean, you know, I mean, this is kind of obvious, but it's, you know, it it's it's clearly the second 
installment in a trilogy. Um, but sometimes the second installment doesn't always feel like a stepping stone to the next installment, like between the bridging. It felt a lot like just a yeah. bridge between the last one and whatever the next one's going to be in some ways. And I felt like uh, I really liked the uh, hospital sequence. Maybe potential spoilers for <laughs> by the time this yeah. knows when this one Halloween got. kills spoilers. <laughs> for Halloween kills. I liked the hospital sequence quite a bit as far as the execution of it. When they were kind of going, you know, the mob mentality. I just didn't know if I felt like it was totally earned. Some things about felt like they were trying to, you know, give this installment more of a reason for existing. Um, as opposed to, mm. you know, they want to make sure it didn't feel like a stepping stone. But to me, sometimes it did. But also, I do enjoy, enjoy a lot of horror movies. I watched a lot of horror movies. I, I actually extended my... I usually, like, watch most horror movies I watch in a year. Like, I'm like, I'll watch them in October. But I went past October, mm-hmm. too. I've been thinking about horror movies a lot more lately. And, you know, I've always, like, I've written some of my own or some that deal with element, that, that have a horror element, like, you know, Cold Feet. And I'm working on another one right now. I have an interesting relationship with horror movies <laughs> as far as my, the push and pull of them and what I find fascinating about them. And then when I think of them as, a, you know, exploring that genre as a storyteller, the potential that I see uh, for them or, like, what I would want to to bring to them. And, again, just that push and pull, like, the whole, you know, because I'm big, obviously, on humanity. And sometimes, you know, I think horror movies at their best, you know, elicit a lot of empathy, which I'm huge yeah. on that. And so I like that aspect of it. But when I feel like the filmmakers aren't very empathetic, like, when I feel like they're, the approach isn't empathetic in a way. I, I don't know. Halloween, like, there's just, it got too brutal for me at times. I'm like, all right. Okay. And then the- uh, see I love that shit. Like that's that's all like I loved all the the kill sequences and all the Michael Myers actions and I, so some of it was, was great, but it I was, was giddy. Like I was straight with like the the firefighter scene in the beginning. I was like straight giddy with that shit. That's funny. That one didn't bother me so much. The one that bothered me more was the uh the older couple when he just kind of like just brutalized oh, yeah. them. I was like Oh yeah. I'm like why is it even here? Right. <laughs> like I just didn't understand like just <laughs> He's getting knives? I don't know. But the thing that really pissed me off was kind of like just the indestructibility of him. I'm like, my God, like they've taken it so far from, you know, what the original film was, which I rewatched as well recently, the original Halloween. It's like, yeah, I like the the way they had the invincibility factor back then was like, you know, he would get he got shot. You think maybe he's the end then like, you know, he you know, stabbed and other things, but then like he got up and left. But in this one, it's like he got whatever, maimed by like a mob. I don't know. For me, it just lowers the stakes. It's kind of like, is this a Friday the 13th movie or a Halloween movie? Because Halloween is supposed to have a little more gravitas and it's supposed to have That's higher stakes and it's supposed to have more of an emotional investment. Friday the 13th movies, you sit down and watch them. Like, you know, at least for me, it's like, I'm not going to take any of this seriously. Like, I'm not emotionally no, no. engaged. Friday the 13th, they're definitely about like, let's get, let's put a bunch of people through the meat grinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's totally what that is. So it's like, you don't get that upset. But with Halloween, it's like, you know, I mean, to varying degrees, I feel like all the films, like, especially this, this, you know, trilogy, like the original and then this trilogy, like, I feel like they want you to be emotionally invested and for there to be, you know, some real stakes. Yeah. And so for him to be invincible, it's kind of like, well, the fuck is the point? Like, I, he's just too, is too much of a Terminator. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious where they take it. So why I really liked it. And maybe this, this, this probably, I mean, this definitely really enhanced. So my girlfriend hadn't seen them all and we're both big horror fans. So we went through and we watched all, all of the Halloween movies leading up to this one. Cool. That sounds, that sounds like fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, there's some, there's definitely some pretty bad ones. In oh. There, but uh, there's also you, some really yeah, what do you, great ones. Real, real fast. Sorry, now I'm curious. Okay, like what? I don't know if you know your ranking or if you want to at least tell me like what's your favorite, what's your least favorite. Uh, I think my favorite is 2018 or maybe this one, and of course the original. Uh, yeah. And then H2O. Those are the four like really standouts to me. Yeah, yeah. And then the worst one to me is one like f- number five, six. I think. 
the curse of Michael Myers. Yeah, it's a toss up for me. It's number it's number five, but number six is right there. I like five. Five's got a bad rap, but I like some of the stuff in five. I don't Man, know those cops, the music that plays. But those... you're in the you're you're in the the <laughs> consensus opinion though. So so many people hate five. I mean, oh yeah, the cops. I mean, that's a little out of tone for sure. The cinematography, everything about it is pretty wonky. Like they're all like enjoyable. Like yeah, I think yeah, the first, the original is still my favorite, and the first David Gordon Green, Dan McBride one is like right up there. It might be my, it's probably my second favorite, and then H two O. So I'm basically with you on all those. And then um, part four is a lot of fun. Return of Michael Four's Myers. Good. The worst. <sighs> It's probably Resurrection. Actually, maybe Resurrection or Five. Yeah. So maybe I take back. But Resurrection is kind of dumb. It's, I, I like what Resurrection... I mean, it's bad. It's definitely one of the worst ones. Don't get me wrong. But I, I kind of like that it you know it plays with like social media and stuff like that sure that's but yeah i mean you know so i've seen five so i've only seen resurrection once i've seen five more than once so that's why it's five is a little more cemented in my head as the worst but now when i'm thinking about it, i'm like i was also just appalled by what they did to laurie strode in the beginning of resurrection oh yeah that whole thing sucks for sure that was that's terrible like so you, they, that's definitely the worst part of the movie like h2o had such a satisfying ending such a badass ending that for them to then like just completely desecrate it with resurrection that i mean that just got the whole thing off on a the wrong foot and you know i so then from there on i'm watching it with a fuck you kind of mentality like fuck this movie oh yeah <laughs> like, totally. They, totally. they just you know they they shit on a really wonderful ending for h2o so anyway the only one i haven't seen and it's almost kind of outside of the rest in a way is uh, I haven't seen Rob Zombie's second one. I haven't seen Halloween two. Rob Zombie's Halloween two, but I've seen. You probably won't else. like it. It's really brutal. It's really my buddy Brad. My buddy Brad really doesn't like it. And Halloween's like his one of his all time favorite movies. He was kind of the the gateway to the Halloween world for me in high school. I enjoy it. I enjoy both of Rob Zombies, but they're they're yeah they're pretty brutal. I saw the first Rob Zombie. I was. Honestly, I remember it was pretty brutal. I don't remember a lot of what I thought about it. I was I didn't really like I didn't really like it. I didn't like hate it. It was just kinda in the middle of there. I'm like, okay. I remember thinking it was interesting that they did all that backstory in Michael Myers, but again, like the same time it's kinda crazy because the more people try to explain Michael Myers, like over time, the less threatening he is, the less interesting he is. Whether they're trying to explain it with the druid shit or whatever it was, like in Curse oh, of God. Michael Myers. Or, you yes. know, Rob Zombie, like, I get, like, interesting because all the backstory stuff in, in Rob Zombie's one kind of, this is weird, it kind of, like, gave that movie a reason for existing, but at the same time, it kind of took a lot of, like, the intrigue, like, what was intriguing about Michael Myers, like, it took a lot of it away. So it kind of was a weird, yeah. okay, at least they did something different with it, but at the same time, the different thing kind of makes, like, the rest of the movie, like, less interesting, or the rest of, you know, the Michael Myers mythos, like, less interesting to me, at least, so... Okay, sorry. Yeah. I feel like you were coming back to a point. No, no, no. It's all good. So I, we watched we watched all the Halloween films, and I think one of the big things that it really pays off for me with kills is like there's this illusion, sort of like in all of the movies, like is Michael pure evil? Like how is he able to survive all of this stuff? Right. And there's there's kind of like playing around with the idea that he is just like evil incarnate, and he's not really like a human, and nothing's like. It's never really confirmed that he's a normal human because he never dies, but it's never really confirmed that he's like supernatural either, which is something that, that goes on through like all the movies. And so Halloween Kills is kind of a payoff of that in that it's finally confirming to me at the end there, it's confirming he is actually like supernatural and like an incarnation of evil. Fair enough. Yeah. So the thing is like you can't kill evil with 
evil, and I thematically like that a lot. Okay. You can go, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You uh-huh. know, and so like the small town folk, they they essentially were trying to kill evil with evil, and that's why what they're trying to do doesn't work. And so it's going to be interesting to me in the third one to see, okay, so what what kills evil? Like, how do you defeat evil? Which I think thematically resonates with me just because in the larger world, right, it's kind of like violence begets violence, right? Sure. Like, you just continue a cycle of violence if you meet violence with violence. I was tuned into that as part of the film very early on, and especially, like, I think it's an interesting movie to me, Halloween Kills was, because it's the first one that really look, took, like, Haddonfield as a character and made it a small-town movie. Uh-huh. Like you really get a sense and feel of the small town. And I found that really interesting. You got to see how like this murder spree traumatized not just the individuals involved, which was like what 2018 was about, but traumatized kind of a whole town of people and how it's sort of like warped that whole town around this like one event, like massive violence and stuff. And so I was just I was digging all of that stuff. And that's why like, you know, some people have some plot problems and like i do agree it drags a little bit around the hospital scene i think that kind of area could have been trimmed up but like just overall i thought it was doing stuff that was really like fun and unique and but still i felt kind of true to what halloween is i thought it was okay like i enjoyed it overall i just yeah i'm I'm very curious to see i mean i guess i can give a little more of the benefit of the doubt too until the next one uh comes around and then we'll we'll see where they're heading and maybe like in retrospect too it'll make me like that one a little bit more who knows Maybe not. Um, have you heard uh, the podcast series uh, Halloween Unmasked on The Ringer? Yeah, I did. I listened to all those. Oh, that was man. great. That was so good. That, that I mean, yeah. got me even more interested in those movies and just in the horror genre in general. It's just cool. Like, the, the things that were kind of like unintended in a way, like they, you yeah. know, certain elements that then like for good and for bad, like the things that people like grabbed onto. And so pe- the audience like started making its own like mythology about certain things that were maybe not intended to be a certain way, which I mean, it's part of the fun in movies in general, but especially with something like that, that really takes a hold of people's imaginations. And that's part of what's cool about a character like Michael Myers is that obviously it leaves a lot of room for people to fill in the blanks or project onto him what they will or like really bring their imagination yep. to the table. And so it was also really interesting, like how, I mean, all of it's just really interesting to me, but like how like, all the wrong lessons quote unquote that other filmmakers took from Halloween like fucking the Friday the 13th movies like it's it's so fascinating that that series is so popular because and some of it's really fun but like it was all born of Sean Cunningham taking like the wrong lessons, if you will. I mean, this is all my perspective, of course, like from Halloween and kind of doing his own thing with it. I do not like the original Friday the 13th. I haven't seen the original one in a long time, but I didn't like it. But he was just, I mean, it was a sheer, like, you know, cash grab for him, like trying to like basically capitalize on him. Like he's, I this guy, like, you know, and I'm not even knocking it. It's just, again, whatever you want out of life, like that's, you know, go out. <laughs> Go after it as long as you're not hurting anyone else. But, like, it just was, like, it's, like, the least inspiring origin story of a movie for me ever. Just as far as, like, yeah, I don't even like horror movies. But this one made a lot of money. And I'm, like, I'm trying to make more of a mark. So, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, okay, but you don't even, like, like them? And so then for, you know, all the things, like, you know, the whole, oh, like, if you have sex, you're going to die. And then how that became such a part of the horror movie, especially like the, the slasher subgenre mythology going forward, that then it became, by the time Scream comes around, it's being, you know, they're being referential to, you know, pop culture references to, like, that just became, again, like, you trace it all back to Halloween and how, like, that wasn't even, like, the message that they were trying to, like, to get across. But that was kind of the ball that uh, Sean Cunningham and his writer, I can't remember the writer's name right now, but they, you know, that they ran with. And then 
other filmmakers kept running with it as well until it like kind of got out of control. Anyway, I mean, all that stuff is just like fascinating to me. Sorry, I know I was rambling for a while there. No, I love. I'm actually I'm blown. I'm enjoying this side of you because uh, I'm definitely a big horror fan too. And I think you know it's kind of been a, a rolling snowball bit for me. I got really big into it a few years ago. I actually found a lot of. Um, a couple years back after my mom passed, I found, I don't know, I don't, I, it wasn't like a conscious decision, but I basically just watched only horror movies for like a year straight, basically after my mom passed. When was that? Uh, This is, uh, what was that? 2018? 2019? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I don't, I didn't know that. I don't, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. That's okay. Hey, no, no, no. Oh, that's, no, that's dude. Life. No, I'm just saying like. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But like, no, man, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I, yeah, I had, I had no idea. Thanks. Okay, sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, yeah. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. Um, But I've also become more interested in as a filmmaker because like, you know, I'm, all, I'm always trying to figure like we want our time, our efforts to go in the best places possible. And mm-hmm. so luckily for me, I've developed a big appreciation for horror film but i also think as a filmmaker like there's a lot of you have a lot of freedom in horror you can kind of do whatever you want uh-huh. uh in a lot of ways as long as you're adhering to some some sort of respect for what the genre is and it's you know it's commercial without stars which is a really big deal in an independent film so yeah obviously there's a lot of horror films so you don't just like roll out of bed and make a horror film and you're going to be a success and in terms of like you know us taking our shots making our movies on our own you know i think there's a little bit and we'll see you know i i've made some horror films now but i haven't released them to the film to the world but the sense i get is there's a little bit more of a higher chance of success for a horror film than sort of the you know kind of like drama comedies you sure. and i have been making hundred um, just yeah. in the just in the market and also and in, in in the marketplace but also just being able to, to stand out you know mm-hmm. with a drama i mean it, it's two things because like with with dramas and stuff like that or you know drama comedies and stuff like that you're really competing with very directly everything that hollywood releases because there's not like an ingrained fan base really to the level that horror has like there's just oh, not yeah. a huge uh-huh. fan base looking for our kinds of films not that's not to say that people don't like our films or like our work but it's just not this automatic thing like me as a horror fan you know i'll watch any random horror film like i'm constantly looking for recommendations for horror films uh-huh. there's just so many unique things out there and i kind of always have fun even if it's a bad horror film and yeah. i know so many horror fans operate that way you can even if you just have a few unique elements in your film as a horror filmmaker or, or a few really done elements like that can be appreciated in a way that the kind of indie drama comedy is just is, is is not unfortunately right which i think it should be I wish that that I wish that it was that, but also I'm guilty of it myself because, like, in a lot of times in my free time now, I'm just watching like horror films. I'm not watching like indie drama comedies. Although I'm gonna do, I'm gonna watch some this coming week, as I just talked about. So yeah, you know, I, yeah, I've just no, been more interested in it as a filmmaker because there's more of a culture there. There's more of a community there. There's more. It feels like. There's a, there's a potential higher chance of success. Sure. And it's also, you know, it's fun to like, because they are, like you said, like a lot of them can be very fun to watch, even if they're bad. It's cool thinking of different ways, to, like, you know, like with any genre that what my approach to it would be, like what I want, would want to explore with it. So there's a script I wrote called Sold a long time ago. That's like a horror thriller. It's a horror thriller. And then Daylight Fades was a, a vampire drama. It didn't become, it wasn't, um, basically when I, uh, when I saw the original Saw, um, I did not like it. And it kind of like, 
spurred in me the I'm like okay I want to make a horror movie that that is my own personal take on like the genre like what what would I bring to it like you know like basically set out to write a horror movie um, that I yeah that was meaningful to me and so that be, kind of came like the impetus for writing Daylight Fades and sold uh, anyway I'll say this about Saw though too I haven't seen it since you know 15 years or whatever and then I loved a lot of what James Wan and Lee Winnell did next. I loved uh, Conjuring. I loved Insidious. Uh, yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave I like that. I like that that brand of film a lot for sure. The Invisible Man was great. Oh, what was the one he had before Invisible Man, which I really liked a lot. Anyway, and good for them for having their, their breakthrough. It's Upgrade. It was called Upgrade. It is called Upgrade. Oh yeah, Upgrade. I did that's, like Upgrade. A dude, lot. that's a lot of fun. So these guys are both doing like incredible work. Um, so I'm not talking shit. It's just I didn't like the first saw. So yeah, but I like like different genres. Like what was my what's gonna be my personal take on it? And it's fun to like with horror movies. I'm like okay, well, what actually scares me? Like outside of, I mean, of course, there's you know immediate threats to your life or the life of your lives of your loved ones or whatnot. Like that's obviously. I mean, those those are of course scary. Uh, so you have those going in there as well. But beyond that, like psychologically, you know, other like what is actually like what am I afraid of? And so that's kind of what I did with Sold. And that's what I'm doing with like the horror movie that I'm in the early stages of writing right now. So anyway, it, but yeah, it's a lot of it's a really fun like you're saying, it's a really fun genre to explore. It's the thing. If you can find a creative in your own unique way into it, like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And you know, whatever, I'm not trying to sound judgmental and good old Sean Cunningham or whatever. Like everything, <laughs> everything is to each their own. Everything is to each their own. No judgment whatsoever. It's just like that story doesn't happen to inspire me, um, as crafty as it was was from a marketing standpoint. But for him to just be like, I don't like horror movies. It's my thing. My response to that is like, well, why even make one? I don't know. It all comes down to money. Yeah, and money, fair enough. Money, and I, it's everything. And I don't mean to sound like I know I sound pretentious or whatever, but it's just that's just again that's just my honest opinion. And I'm not even not. It's yeah. I'm sure, like, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone, I think everyone knows that Friday the 13th is a cheap knockoff of Halloween. And that whole series I'm gonna, is uh, a cheap Well, I actually, I actually enjoy that series better. Uh, oh, more than Halloween series overall. Although oh, wow. Halloween's risen a lot in my estimation. I mean, it's just, but you have to be going there for a particular vibe. Really, you're right, you're right. You know, and some people really enjoy the vibe of what's going on there. And you're right, some you're people right. don't. And like, they're not good movies in any conventional sense of the word. Yeah. So I totally get it. I'll but, say this too. Uh, I'm having fun. I'm having fun watching. I'm actually like, I'm in the middle of watching them right now. I'm enjoying watching. Oh them. shit! Yes, but even if you're like, uh, I, I guess my thing numbers, is like e- number three and number six. I really like. I'm coming up on yeah, number five is the one I'm about to watch. So I saw three recently, <laughs> dude. Three is the honestly the most entertaining thing, part about three for me was just like all the shots that were meant for 3D. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it is so funny. I'm like, oh, this is like such a glaring like this is obviously supposed to be a 3D shot, but I'm watching it in 2D. And so it's just this awkward, like, shoehorned in shot that's supposed to be this 3D thing. Those always cracked me up. I think it's hilarious that the hockey mask came about just because that guy happened to have a hockey mask. And then that became the the emblem of Jason, like, from there on out. Um, that yeah. one, like, obnoxious character in the third one, like, had a hockey mask. So then Jason just has a hockey mask. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Even if you, like, really like those movies, even if some people think they are good, which I feel like a lot of people don't think that they're quote-unquote good, but they do enjoy them a lot. But I mean, I think again, like at least the origins of that movie, everyone knows. You know, yeah. the first movie is a, it was they literally like they said it. They were trying to like capitalize on Halloween success, so everyone knows that Jason is a cheap imitation of Michael Myers, basically. Whether you enjoy those movies more than Michael Myers movies or the other way around, like that's just kind of a fact. 
because uh, even the creators say that they, well, okay, sorry, I'm going to go on a whole tangent now. Obviously, the first one, <laughs> the first one is the mother, so different. And that was part of it, too. They were trying to do something different, at least by having it be the mother. But then from there, so the, the Michael Myers knockoff thing obviously came into play more with two, then especially more with three. Oh, God, I digress. You talk. I <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know, but they're, they're very they're, they're very different flavors. So, like, yes, to me, the the Friday the Thirteenth series knew what it was early on, which was like we are going for creative kills and gore uh-huh. and like everything else is sort of like expendable to that, you know, which is like you said, totally taking the wrong thing from Halloween because like the first Halloween, there's not really that creative of kill. There's not even that many kills. There's no blood. Famously, they talk a lot about that. That comes up. There's not really any yeah. blood in the movie. It's all about the build up, you know, the suspense. Yes. I think that's, that's the big thing I was going to say is to me, Halloween is much more about suspense and much more about like atmosphere. The thing the that I love that yeah. Halloween does is like there's so many cool shots of like Michael Myers lurking in the background, and I uh-huh. love that shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that's 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 something they almost never do really in Friday the Thirteenth. Like <laughs> Jason appears and then he just kills everything in sight, you know, uh, very quickly. They're different flavors, you know, and like totally. you know, uh, yeah. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is a very different flavor. And I'm, I'm um, working my way through that series right now too. I just rewatched the first three Child's Play. I think of all the big series, the big really famous series and stuff, Child's Play is the highest quality overall of like movies. Oh wow! Which I didn't think. I I was surprised to to say that because like Chucky seems like kind of a joke. Yeah, but. Okay. The quality level of those films across the board, I think, are is is like the highest uh, wow. of all of them. Nightmare, I'd say, is second to on that list, though. I saw Nightmare that. On the streets. I'm not as interested in Child's Play, but I might give it more of a shot. Now that you said that, I saw the first one back in high school. It might be a little tough for you because, like, especially like the first three of them as a parent, it might be a little tough because, like, the first three and then yeah. the remake, it's about a doll trying to kind of like stalk and murder a child. Yeah, <laughs> which I was like, it's honestly, it's always been hard for me to watch anything with like children getting killed. Again, it depends on how it's handled. I mean, it's always tough regardless, but like sometimes I get pissed. Like, it depends on if I feel like the filmmakers are doing it with any kind of empathy or if they're just being, in my opinion, assholes. Uh, like, when the when the first the first movie that I recall, like, actively hating was The Toxic Avenger. Oh, I need to see that. I've been hurt. It's been coming up a bunch lately. Man, I hated that movie. I haven't seen it since I was, like, 14 or maybe 15. So, if you haven't seen it, I won't tell you what it is. But there's a, a moment with a child that I just thought was... As I said in an interview recently, like what turns me against the movie is like, cause I try to like, you know, to, you know, appreciate all movies and find aspects of them that I enjoy. And like, I don't really like find a lot of pleasure in like talking shit about, I, I don't go out of my way to talk shit about movies basically. But if something is morally, in my, in my opinion, which sounds very lame, but like morally repugnant, uh, that's when I turn on it. And there was a part in that movie where I'm like, this is just fucking wrong in my opinion. Yeah. So fuck this movie. Oh, trauma, trauma. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. I would that's not just it's also that's just not my cup of tea. That's not that's not for me. So and that's okay. Again, teach their own. But yeah, child's play, I mean I'll I might be more give it a give it a chance at some point. But yeah, so I'm I just watched I would night. say it's not it's not tasteless. It's you know more but um Okay. There's a lot of empathy for, for the kid in the movies, but Okay. It was the first time I watched the original child's play since probably I was 
like a kid or something like that when i recently watched it i was like oh this is why this fucked me up as a child right right (laughs) because it's a child being stalked by a killer doll and i started to think to myself it's like how many horror movies are there where it's a child being put constantly in danger as like the main character that's just not a thing that gets done a lot yeah i'm 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 maybe more willing to check those movies out now at some point after i finish the friday the 13th and nightmare on Elm street series yeah nightmare is obviously its own interesting thing because clearly you know you got jason you got michael or much more of a you know cut from a similar cloth and then freddy is just all you know personality yeah. as it were very very different experience and also man so i just watched part five recently (laughs) which is my least favorite probably at this point oh Uh, yeah five and six are pretty rough i haven't seen six yet but five i'm just like man it's all it's it's visually drab and it just i mean i don't know if you remember the (laughs) the character of mark oh no it's insane i'm just like oh wow like this is uh this is this character in this movie (laughs) being played this particular way God bless him. And yeah. God bless the actor. Like, again, not trying to talk shit, but I think, that, like, and I looked him up. I'm like, what? And he didn't have another acting credit for nine years after that one. I'm well, you'll get a new nightmare soon. So, oh, you're trying, are you trying to cross the streams and watch Freddy versus Jason at their proper times in kind the series? Kind of, in basically? a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of toggling back and forth. And uh, yeah, I've, it'll eventually culminate with uh, Freddy versus Jason. But then I guess there's another, didn't Jason X happen after? Yeah, happened after Freddy vs. Jason. I did. did I was going to say, like, you should watch the Friday the 13th series like Jason X, basically. Like, if you can watch, like, in terms of just, Jason X is very winking to the camera a lot. It's a lot of jokiness. It's a Uh lot of sort of just over-the-topness. And I feel like that's how the whole series should be watched. Because, like, yeah, Yeah. if you go in there with, like, okay, what is my character? What is is the main character here? And what are they trying to achieve? And, like, what... What is the emotional? I think arc that's here? the thing, though, like, is no, that no. I felt like the sequels were better than the original because I felt like they embraced that more with the sequels. There's a couple of interesting characters that come into it for sure. They leaned into that aspect more. Like, I mean, I thought the fourth one was the best one so that I've seen so far. The first one, I just felt like and I haven't seen the first one. I didn't revisit the first one because I just really didn't like it. And I saw it a while back, but I don't know, who knows? Maybe one of these days I'll revisit it. But at the time, I was just like, no. Not having it. But then from there, yeah, I feel like they leaned into that aspect of things more. Which, yeah, so I'm able to enjoy it more from that place because those movies are, you know, as ridiculous as they get. They know what there's more of an awareness of what it is and more of an ownership of like what it is. So they're more fun. Uh, yeah, like you said, like when you watch them in that in that light. But yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Oof. Rough. Rough <laughs> times. The third one's really good. The third one was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves the Dream Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Dream Warriors That's is great. That's like the second best one for sure. Although, fucking, you're, you're almost to, you're almost to uh, New Nightmare, which, See, oh, my God. I've seen yeah, New Nightmare. As Night- a filmmaker, New Nightmare is just, you're just like, you love that so much. I've seen New Nightmare. I saw it in high school, and I really liked it back then. Basically, in high school, I saw the first three, and then I just wound up jumping. I, I saw New Nightmare, because Brad was so huge on it. Uh, and, I, you know, I was able to appreciate it, because I'd seen, you know, the first the first three. And it's funny, because I'll say this with four and five. Like, they, I happened across, like, when I was, like, nine or ten, like, on TV, like, I happened across, like, scenes from each of those. Like, the edited for television. Oh, yeah, they stuck, still, they stuck with me, too. They stuck with me. So, there yeah. were two deaths. There was a death in the fourth one and a death in the fifth one that, like, I didn't remember exactly what happened, but, like, I remember, like, when I saw those deaths can again. I, can I guess which ones? Sure. 
Was it the cockroach motel one? Yep. Yep. That fu- that one's fucking like that, that one sticks one with everybody. Co- stuck with me. The other and one like, that got me was the ear one. What was the ear one in? Which one was the ear one in? Hold on. Uh, the one where he drops a bunch of needles. Maybe you haven't. Maybe that's six. That might be in six actually. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one yet. So it was the um, six is weird. The the uh, <laughs> that's what I hear. I hear six goes full like zany and like leading into like. The comedy aspect a little too hard. But yeah, the cockroach thing. Because it was funny too because I was like, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really, it's kind of a testament to how, because as soon as I saw, I'm like, when I saw that character, I'm like, wait a second. Like something happens there. I don't remember what, but I feel like I've seen a scene with this character. And then like you see her like you know, on the weight bench. I'm like, hold on. And I could feel it coming. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what is it? And then as soon as it started happening, I was like, fuck and i was like transported 30 years back and i remembered then like seeing that for the first time and being disturbed by it it's disturbing so there's rewatching it i was like yeah this is gross so there's something to be said for that that it really like stuck with me like that and all of a sudden it it went it exploded like a memory bomb in my brain where it's just like so like you know uh, way back in the recesses but like it was there and then watching it now like just reconnected you know, nine or 10 year old me with, with current me. And I'm like, Oh wow. So anyway, and then the other one was in the fifth one, the, the, for whatever reason, the motorcycle, the way like the motorcycle starts like becoming him or taking him over, uh, Dan. It's funny. Cause you see him driving in a truck first. I'm like, he's driving in a truck. Is he going to get killed in the truck? I'm like, I could have sworn there was something with a motorcycle. Maybe that's someone different. And then he pulls over the truck or the truck gets in a wreck and then he hops on a motorcycle. I'm like, yep, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is it from 30 years ago. <laughs> I was right. Yeah. Damn motorcycle. And then it's the crazy wi- how that stuff sticks with yeah. you. Anyway, so yeah. But the re- but yeah, part five is, is, is pretty rough. Part four is fun. <laughs> part four is fun. Um, I felt bad for the actress who had to replace Patricia Arquette because that is a really um, awkward yeah. transition from Patricia Arquette, who's a, a pretty great actress, who is a great actress, and even back then was, was a great actress. Nothing pretty yeah, great about yeah. it. I'm saying like she's only gotten better with time. Um, but then like, yeah. the other actress who had to replace her, God bless her. I'm not talking shit. I was like, oh, this is not Patricia Arquette. She, no, <laughs> this is someone who's who's quite different from Patricia Arquette. I guess Patricia Arquette was not available or interested in reprising her role for part four. But um, you know, I think uh, people, the actors, really looked down on horror films back in the day, and that is yeah. definitely not the case anymore. Yeah, that's correct. Well, now there's, I mean, there's all kinds now too. There's also you got your prestige horror films, if you will, like the Ari Oster. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Aster Oster. Um, I mean, those are as highbrow as they come. I bet you didn't know we're gonna have a whole horror rant on this i mean this this thing can be whatever i mean i didn't have anything planned so no this is not missing out here no this is great i mean i felt like this was the natural way that the conversation went i'm happy about it i think you know like it's when i when i'm making so it's wrapping this around a little bit when i'm making films when i'm when i'm directing films myself as a horror filmmaker i think i want them to have more of an emotional kind of uh emotional through line and and i think i definitely leaned a lot more towards like creepy and eerie and stuff like that and the things that i've done so far albeit they're not finished yet but then when i've been writing because i'm writing two horror films right now with a couple different friends of mine and for those i'm just going to the like highbrow not highbrow uh what's high concept 
just like ridiculous concepts, things you can just like digest what they are in like a sentence or two or in like a poster image uh-huh. and like get that and be like, I want to see that movie. And so like one of them, one of them is called Cock Monster and it's about <laughs> a guy whose penis becomes a monster. Okay. Um, All right. There's a lot more going on there. But like that's, you just say that concept yeah. and maybe it repulses some people, but also hopefully it intrigues some people too because it's just, it's just so fucking ridiculous. And I have another script I wrote with a friend of mine called Capocalypse. And uh, there, there's another one we, me, me and that same friend wrote uh, called White House Massacre. To me, these things are, are different things in terms of like, they're just kind of fun writing exercises and that I could just kind of like let my brain run and there's no pressure in a different sort of like way than I normally approach my films. Like there's right. still, I'm still trying to make them good, but it's also like, oh, what fun can we have with this penis yeah, monster yeah. that, sure. you know, and kind of like take a different approach that way, yeah. I guess. So From the, from the writer director of 12 months. Cock monster. Yeah, cock monster. <laughs> no, that's cool though. I mean, I like that you're able to explore those different sides of, you know, yeah, something like just ha- having more straight up fun and uh, with the high concept ones. Uh, I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's healthy. I think. Co- <laughs> I think cock monster is a healthy uh, expression. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, I may have to create a stage name for myself or something if I start releasing those on the right. wall. Right, right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what. Ha- well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how Cock Monster, uh, how it grows from here, if you will. Yes. How oh, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. How that Cock Monster. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to send Cock Monster your way first. As Please. Soon as we get a draft. Please. Yeah. All finished up. I I already ha- I already have notes and I haven't even read it. So that tells. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah. So okay. So then I'll say. If there's nothing else in particular. I'll say. I'll I'll, I'll pose a question to you. <laughs> Do you okay? Maybe not in execution necessarily, but at least thematically and just can you know idea wise. Do you prefer Michael Myers <laughs> being Laurie's brother or not being her brother? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> curveball i ooh, uh <laughs> you know what that would be that would be if they did it right i feel like i would like the brother thing more yeah, uh-huh. but i feel like they never did it right and it was just kind of like a cheap tack on the whole way through. i agree i agree so that's kind of where where i land on that i guess i agree i yeah i feel like well i'd heard too i, I think well from here, listening to that you know the halloween unmasked uh, which again, amazing podcast series. Uh, but there were, t- you know, the rumor at least that John Carpenter basically wrote like he didn't want, you know, he and Deborah Hill didn't want to do the second one. Um, but they did yeah, it to yeah. facilitate what was it, the fog or the thing? Um, anyway, they basically the fog, did it. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they did it for for that purpose. But that you know, the rumor that he basically got a six pack and wrote the first draft of Halloween two, like in one night or whatever, pretty much. And this was like right after, you know, empire strikes back had come out with the whole Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader reveal. So he's like, well, we'll make him his, uh, her brother. Um, that little, you know, uh, twist or whatnot. And who knows if that's true or not, but I feel like, I don't know. I think I, I got so used to that being the case that I just kind of accepted it. But then when, you know, they rebooted it, uh, with the new series, I'm like, I like this better. All in all, although it was pretty gratifying how it came back around in Halloween H two O, but still, yeah, I, I think I prefer him. Not, I think I agree with you. 
uh, all in all. That, well, I feel like note. you just don't need it. Like, if it's a killer yeah. that misses out on a potential victim, like, to me, that's motivation enough for the killer to keep coming after I agree. that person. I agree. The one time they have a good way to, like, almost set it up is in number four, I think it is. Uh-huh. Uh, with Jamie and it's yes. like oh they have this like and connection they, and she's can, she's gonna be the murderous one and like you know there's totally like this bloodline of murder and, drop the and then they just get rid of it in the next movie they totally scrap it in your favorite installment Halloween 5 which you defend endlessly <laughs> the, and then she becomes and, she has a psychic connection <laughs> wow keep talking uh, about Halloween 5 and how wonderful no, I'm just kidding alright my friend I, got, <laughs> I gotta hop off this was a lot of fun I'm glad we got yeah. to talk horror films here. Definitely, definitely. Amongst other things, we'll we'll figure out the next time we can hop on and, and do this again. But yeah, meantime, we'll talk more soon for sure. All right, buddy. Uh, you have, you have a good one. I'm looking forward to hearing how the meeting goes with Liz too. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right, man. You have a good one. Talk to you soon. See ya. Later, buddy. All right, that about wraps it up for episode 23, uh, where we discussed horror films. Would love to chop it up and talk horror films. With anybody who's listening out there, could talk horror films all day long, as you all observed. And I'm sure me and Alan will mention it more in the future. For instance, you get another smooth segue. One place you can <laughs> reach out to us about horror films, or really anything, is at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do as coaches and consultants for fellow artists, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. Yeah, please hit us up for a free 30-minute consultation. Let's talk film. Let's talk about your artistry. We want to hear from you. Let's do it. You can also follow me or contact me directly on Twitter or Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. Hey, I do that. I totally follow you <laughs> and like and like and like like your stuff. Uh, on that note, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Save Yourself and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Men on Amazon. Also, Being Awesome is now available on Tubi voodoo and the roku channel so give that one a gander uh when you get a chance i'd appreciate it yeah i just started following alan on tiktok high quality content on there alan admire your tiktok gumption my what gumption (laughs) my tiktok gumption yeah your your tiktok gumption thanks buddy another pleasant surprise from me here just wow left and right I appreciate you. Appreciate the support. Thank you so much again to the irreplaceable Mr. Mike Jimenez. You're God. not you're not just a button pusher or anything like that, Mike. You are an essential, important part of this <laughs> podcast, and we love you for being here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. The way you say he's not just a button pusher kind of makes it seem like you think he's just a button pusher, Clinton. Like, why would you even put this that This isn't a competition, Mike, I'm sorry. Alan. I stop it. This isn't a competition. <laughs> Mike, I love you more. Uh, folks, we have many more episodes coming up. So please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. With Story Life. Yes, a podcast in which we vie for the affection of one Mr. Mike <laughs> and Vines. Oh, bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Fun, fun, fun. Till the daddy comes to take, or what is it? Fun, fun, fun. Till, till her daddy, daddy comes takes to, the her daddy comes to take her away. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Yes. <laughs>